Hello and welcome to today's Living Life. Um, I really enjoy purchasing new items. And uh, whenever you get something new, it always comes nicely wrapped in just a container. And when you rip everything apart, you're left with the product and a big booklet. And the booklet is usually an instructional guide on how to use it, how to set it up, which pieces are included in your item. And there's a hefty section called the disclaimer or caution notices. And I was always confused why it's so long. And if you actually read through it, there's some very, very silly clauses in it. And I was always confused. And uh, I got to talk with some people here and there. And I realized this by inputting all of these statements, their company is protecting themselves from any possible lawsuits. And uh, in our staff, we have a retired lawyer. And I got to talk with him about lawsuits. And you know, he mentioned is some people make a living looking through these booklets, looking through uh, these products, and trying to find different ways where they can abuse the law for their benefit, where they can abuse the product and use it in a way it was not meant to, and perhaps uh, get injured in such a way where they could get um, money back from the company. And not just a little bit, not just in the hundreds, but perhaps in the thousands because for the company, it's so much easier for them to settle outside of the court, then, uh, and it would not hurt their brand image as much. So they would just go a little bit under the table and they would settle the money outside. So, you know, the law system in some ways very much uh, confuses me. But uh, the purpose of the law, and in today's passage we'll look at it is, it's to protect the people. It's to make sure everything functions as it's meant to function. And it's not a system that's supposed to be abused for privilege or honor or some other reason, but it's really to protect, a, uh, protect the people. And in today's passage, Jesus has a moment where he encounters the people who uh, were in charge of determining the law. And in it, he has some very challenging principles behind what we do when we encounter the law of God. So let's look in today's passage, let's discover what is God's word for us today? Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through chapter 3, verse 6. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. 
Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Welcome back to today's Living Life. The passage today begins with the words, uh, one Sabbath or on the Sabbath. And immediately, we, if we're carefully reading scripture, we're realizing, oh, something's about to happen. A big incident is going to happen. And the core word is on the Sabbath day, on the day of rest. Now, um, why, why is this Sabbath day so important? For us today in our generation, in our world that we're living in, it's not such a present reality. Uh, in fact, perhaps we do the opposite and we overwork on the Sabbath. We overabuse on the Sabbath. But for the ancient people, for uh, the people at the time of Jesus when he was working and moving and living, uh, the Sabbath was considered extra, extra special. Because in the Jewish uh, law and system, they understood that they had been exiled from their land, that they had lost a war, uh, for lack of better words because they had disobeyed God's law. And in his law, there was mention of keeping the Sabbath holy, keep the Sabbath as a day set apart from the rest of the day. Now, the people of Israel had realized that they had been exiled by, from the land because they disobeyed God. And as a result, they were very, very intentional in trying to keep the law holy. As a result, they created many, many regulations around the law. So, for example, if the law is a boundary fence in which we can move and be safe, they created an extra boundary line outside of that law to make sure they would not even get close to stepping over the boundaries of the law. So they would create all these kind of restrictions on what, it, what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath day. For example, if you go to present-day Israel, uh, I believe is you cannot even press the elevator buttons. So the elevator in the hotels will stop at each floor going up because to press the button is considered work. And perhaps it's a little bit strange for us who are foreign to this understanding to understand, but for the people of Israel, they had been burned by their disobedience to God in the past. And out of their fear of getting burned again, they were very careful about what was allowed to be done on the Sabbath. And in today's passage, what the action was, was disciples were walking through the grain fields and they were plucking heads of grain. And in other words, in the, the boundary line that the people had created beyond God's law, they said, this is a form of work. You should not be doing that if you want to honor God. So it was pious people, holy people, religious people who were trying to protect what was precious. But perhaps they went a little overboard and they missed the letter, the, the spirit of the law. They got the letter of the law, but they missed the spirit of the law. So Jesus sets a precedent on the Sabbath. He says, human need is more important than ceremonial laws. The Sabbath was not created for man, but uh, it was created not so that 
it would be a limiter on man, but it was created for the benefit of man. So it was created as an exercise of, uh, perhaps of obedience, but it was also created as a season of rest for the people. So right after the Pharisees complained to Jesus about his disciples, Jesus goes and immediately seems to pick a fight. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he does something uh, quite radical. He goes and he sees a man with a withered hand and the Pharisees are watching to see what Jesus will do. Because Jesus' previous track record is he'll see people who are sick and in need and he'll have compassion on them and he'll heal them. But this is a Sabbath day. And in the Jewish law, they had created a system where you can only do healings on days that were not the Sabbath, unless it was life-threatening. So this man with a withered hand is not life-threatening, but it is something that's hindering him from participating in the community, in the worship. And Jesus creates a precedent. He says pretty much, um, keeping the Sabbath just to rest and cease from working is not the point of the Sabbath. Instead, doing good is the purpose of the Sabbath to remember to do good. So what Jesus does is, he asks this question, is it better to do good on the Sabbath? And the people are silent. He says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they're silent. The Pharisees are silent because their legal system doesn't allow them to comment on this. But Jesus gets to the spirit of the law. The law was written so that people would hear obey and do good works, to do right in the eyes of God, not just to keep the letter of the law. Jesus is getting at the heart of the matter. If he's angry, he says he gets angry and he gets grieved because of their suffering, but uh, because of their insensitivity. But this grieving is this recognition that these people were insensitive to people who were suffering. They were more focused on just trying to keep themselves safe, to just seemingly follow God, that they missed following God's heart for the people. So, um, perhaps a challenge for us today is, when we come to church on Sunday, or, or even if we go to church during the other days of the week, we're seemingly doing such a very good thing. But are we making sure that even going to things like, for example, morning prayer, are we going with a heart of gentleness, a heart that desires to love God and simply be with God? and to be helpful to other people? Or are we just doing it because someone told us to per se? Or even um, are we just trying to follow the letters of the law instead of the spirit of the law to know God's heart and to help others to experience God's heart? So let's spend some time in reflection. When you come to worship the Lord, whether it's Sunday or perhaps uh, just other times or other days during the week, um, we have a lot of traditions that we do. Um, and perhaps today's word is a challenge to us. Are our traditions something that we're understanding the principle behind the traditions? To serve people, to love people, to love God and to love people through them. Or are we doing them more as a matter of rote repetition? Uh, it's a good challenge to us. Uh, for example, at our church, we have uh, many, many different ministries. 
Uh, and some of them are service ministries. For example, we have a welcoming team that uh, they stand in the lobby of our church and they greet people and they just give them instructions. But if their job consists only of giving instructions, perhaps they have missed the heart behind their job. The heart behind their job is to welcome people into God's house, into the sanctuary, into the community, and to remind people that when they come here in this place, we come together as a family to worship our Lord. The heart of the law in when we come to church is we gather together as a community and as a family of God coming to worship our one Lord and King. So perhaps the challenge is in everything that you do, in everything that you say, perhaps it's a check for us to examine what is our underlying principles. Are we seeking to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our strength? I just want to read from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, He who is God has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. I pray that that would be our prayer. So let's pray. Father, we just pray um, right now that you would help us to examine our lives, examine how we live out our lives, and to see if there's uh, some areas where we can perhaps change in our mentality and our thinking so that we can love you better with our actions, Lord, and that we can love your precious people better, O Lord, and we can become more and more like Jesus. So Jesus, we want to thank you for today. Help us to walk out in your confidence and your boldness throughout this life. In your name we pray, O Lord. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.